2: Are you ready for some football? <laughs> Buffalo Bill style. Looking for Foster. Makes the catch at the Jacksonville 40. Scooting down the right sideline. He's going.
0: He's going. He's in. Blocked by the tight end, Troy Lobo. Knocked down right away by Jordan Poyer. What a tackle. Ball is out again. And the Bills recover again. Milano on top of it. He may keep it himself. That will the five. Into the end zone he goes. Touchdown. Touchdown. Josh Evans does it get again.
2: Bring it. This is the post-game show. Buffalo Bills football on the Buffalo Bills radio network is brought to you by by Northwest Bank, increasing the value of you. Welcome into the Buffalo Bills post-game show here on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Nate Erie here. I've got Joe DiBiase, Derek Kramer on the update here in a little while. The Buffalo Bills go undefeated for the first time in uh, franchise history. So a um, <clears throat> nice comeback victory. Over the Minnesota Vikings, the Bills pull away 27 to 23, and scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter to uh, cap off a nice little comeback victory. Their second year in a row in the final preseason game, they make a double-digit uh, comeback. Uh, Tyree Jackson finishes the the evening 22 of 33 for 175 yards and a touchdown. He led the way rushing as well, eight carries for 77 yards. So a nice day for Tyree Jackson um, overall. A guy that. Uh, you know, struggled for the bigger, for, for the most part of this preseason. A, a, a guy that, um, Really looked like he was going to struggle. Joe, I know you, you had many a conversation on the nightcap on, on other shows where um, you thought maybe early on in this preseason uh, in training camp that Tyree Jackson could potentially push Matt Barkley off the roster. That certainly didn't happen, but it was a nice moment for the uh, the former UB Bowl tonight.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, even you watched tonight, like, you put the numbers up, of really how did he do it? Like, there were a bunch of really long screen passes. They were scrambles. You could see the inconsistency, and... The idea originally was basically, okay, can he have a preseason where he can push Barkley off the roster or be the backup because he has that similar style to Allen? And, I mean, it wasn't even close. Not even talking about how Tyree Jackson played. Matt Barkley was the best preseason quarterback in the NFL, arguably. So he's got a ways to go. I'm not Maybe tonight he had the very least... Uh, Inked a spot on the practice squad because I was beginning to even wonder if if he would make the practice squad. I think they definitely want to have a third arm in training
2: camp. Uh, just generally speaking, when you're going, uh when when you've got a scout team offense emulating starting quarterbacks from other teams in the league, you're going to want an athletic guy. When you're talking about Tyree Jackson, um, I mean, he can go in there against the scout team and you know play a lot of different. Uh, potential quarterbacks uh, whether or not that's a reason that they that you keep him on the roster I'm not sure I mean you've got 10 spots um, on the uh, practice squad roster to fill and it I, I would think if if, if you're going to fill a position on on the practice squad as a guy that could potentially be called up at some point this year I'm not sure um, Tyree Jackson's going to be the one you want to do it but let's go to the coach's podium right now where Sean McDermott me to the media
0: I saw him this afternoon um, that everything got cleared
2: you. I mean, that's an unknown thing. You don't know how those things are going to go. How relieved yeah. were
0: you? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's good to have guys healthy. I mean, that's been, you know, since the early part of training camp there, and um, you know it's good to have him back and and uh, you know get him going here. So he got the news this afternoon that he was cleared. Uh, I believe it was sometime today. So yeah. Today. Yeah.
2: Coach. Uh with Tyree, it may not always look pretty, but the kid's a gamer, isn't he?
0: Yeah, you know, you feel great for Tyree. You know, UB product and able to be here at, uh, on the basically, you know, his home turf and and lead us to a come from behind victory. And um, you know, just excited for him, excited for all those young guys that were out there. And what a reaction from the sideline! I mean, <laughs> I had a hard time keeping the guys back, right? But just it just shows you the love that they have for one another. And and the guy, the older guys understand what's on the line for some of those younger guys out there. And uh, they played with great energy.
2: Some of the dynamics have changed at defensive events since Mike Love went on IR. Um, Eddie's performance tonight, just scraping and clawing and making plays. Yeah,
0: great to see him make a couple of those plays and, and the celebration. You know, that's a little bit unlike Eddie, um, but I think he was just um, in the moment. And it's fun to watch. You know, we've, we've had Eddie since he was um, basically in his first year, if, if that's what you want to call it. And. Um, to watch him grow over the years has been fun, and he's given us—he's a warrior. He gives he gives it all. He gives—it his all, and he puts it on the line every week and and every day in practice. So um, that's why he got the results he got tonight.
1: Sean, second straight year
0: you have had a fourth quarter comeback. What is it about those guys? Yeah, you know, I just think again—I think it's—it's. It's, um, it's a great indicator of the heart of our football team and the men in that locker room and, and how hard they, they play and, and the passion that they play with. And, and um, that's fun to watch. And again, the, the reaction on the sideline, those guys run over there, you know, um, they were into the game. You know, they were into the game, supporting the guys that were out there. And, um, you know, it was fun to watch. Um, listen, I know it's, it's preseason. Um, but to go four and zero for the first time in franchise history, I believe that's, that says something about our guys and the way they battled and, and the coaches and the staff. And um, it is preseason; I get that. But uh, it's good to uh, good to do it at home as well with this type of win at the end. Well, how excited you get to regular season? How excited, how excited to get that to regular season? Yeah, it's and and yeah. the guys are ready. And- yeah, I mean it's it's good. Um, um, it's it's why we work. That's why we do what we do and. And, um, you know, we've got uh, a, a big challenge ahead of us this first week, and we'll get into that. Um, but it's a good football team and, and a tough place to play. And, um, you know, so we've got, a, we've got a big week ahead of us in terms of preparation and, and, um, and putting the time in. You have some receivers that are they were fighting right to the finish here. You know, Ray Ray, Duke out there tonight just kind of scraping the claw and just how you kind of saw that right to the end with some guys really – Fighting tooth and nail there yeah I mean they were all competing again these guys they like they like to compete and uh, whether it's the wide receiver position or or any other position on our team that's I think that's what you saw out there in addition to the heart you saw a group of guys that that love to compete and um, you know what stood stood out to me was was some of the effort from the wide receivers in the terms of the run after catch and um, you know and then Sills making the play down the end there which is which is fun and and uh, I feel good for him being able to make that catch for a rookie, you know, to win the game. It's pretty cool. I feel
2: like, uh, I mean, Steven looked cool as a cucumber out there tonight. Not that he hasn't done that before for so many years, but it seems like uh, contract extension certainly <laughs> helped him a little bit. Uh, he seemed pretty cool out there.
0: Yeah, no, it was good, it was good to get a long kick uh, in the preseason. Wanted to do that if we had the chance and the opportunity came up. And, I uh, wanted to get, at, get him out there and, and have a chance at a long field goal, in particular at home. And um, It's a field he knows well, and, and so it was good to see him convert. I've uh, got a lot of confidence in Steven.
1: Coach, you worked on and uh, made an emphasis about two-minute offense since day one of OTAs, really. The headsets on the field, maybe making sure everybody knows what they're doing. How gratifying was it to
2: see that group and the two-minute offense at the end of the preseason do what they did?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's again, those situations we work, to your point, Sal, um, every, just about every day in practice, and, and and it pays off. I mean, you see the guys keeping their poise, coaches on the sideline, on the headset, everyone very calm and... and um, you know, that's what you hope for. That's why we practice the way we do and, and see the guys, seeing the guys execute, um, that was fun to watch. Sean
1: specifically with Ray Ravenfog, what did you
0: think of him the way he is back tonight? Yeah, I mean, um similar to last week, you know, the one thing that stood out to me just without watching the film but watching the play on the on the field was the run after catch and, and um you know, he he showed that he wanted it, you know, and just in terms of his his effort, his passion, his hunger. Um and he he played with great desire, I thought last last weekend, this week. So that's that was good.
2: How difficult is it now switching over and making some tough decisions and making those cuts with cut down day coming up in you know less than two days
0: now? Yeah, it's this is a tough time. Um, if you were just in that locker room, I mean, it's these guys put it up, put it out there, um, they put it on the line, and um, to win like that, um, and then have to say goodbye to you know almost half the team. That's. It's hard to do, well, that's the business we're in. Um, but like I told the guys before the game, I told them they're all winners and no matter what it is, whether they play football for one more night, like tonight or, or 10, more, 10 more years, it's, uh, it's been an honor to be around them. And um, I think they'll remember this, this game tonight for a long time.
1: It's- I guess it's a relative question, but do you feel like maybe your decisions this year
2: are more difficult than they've been in the last couple of years since you met? Yeah, been I mean,
0: I, I think so, and that's what you want. I mean, if you're building the roster the right way, that's that's what you want. You want those tough decisions. You want people to be looking at your roster and, and, and instead of us looking at everybody else's and saying, man, we, we need this piece, that piece, and this, you know. And so um, there is still that. We still do that. Um, don't get me wrong, but um, you do feel better um, when there's – greater levels of competition and and more position battles. And um, those guys have in, have embraced that, that that um, willingness to compete even though being teammates and um and I think you saw that in the preseason. Did you say anything
1: to him before that furious
0: fourth quarter comeback? <laughs> no. What do you want me to say? Like a win win one for the Gipper type of uh deal here? <laughs> no, we didn't no I just like I said, I you know it's I mean, Marcus, Marcus was one of our offensive captains, and to see Marcus come out and really give us that, that lift was awesome. Um, and then the way we handled the game from a game management standpoint, I thought was, was, uh, was sound right there and good, and good to have that experience.
1: So position flexibility has been, I mean, it's always important, but specifically on the offensive line, how are you feeling about, I guess,
0: your depth, positional flexibility? yeah i mean I think that's that's part of what we look for really at every position whether it's offensive line in this case or other positions you know you get you know i know when we signed Mike and Jordan over the year you know years ago that uh, position flexibility that they had played different positions and and so um, those turned out to be pretty good decisions and and um you know that's key as we as, as we continue to to move forward as a football team and 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 grow and climb um that um you know that position flexibility is key at every position. That's good. All right, thank you guys.
2: All right, that was Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott's coaches podium brought to you by Northtown Automotive celebrating 50 years of servicing Western New York. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Let's uh get a quick check of the Latempio stats of the game, Latempio PC Law Group. Uh, Complete attention, complete answers, complete counsel. Uh, We we talked about earlier um, during halftime when I was on with Sal Capaccio – uh, some interesting stats from this game. Eddie Yarbrough, he ended up with ten total tackles. He had nine in the first half, uh, just alone. So a really great, uh, a really great game for Eddie Yarbrough There we mentioned uh, some of the stats from Tyree Jackson. He finishes twenty two with thirty three hundred seventy five yards and a touchdown. Um, on the other side, Kyle Sloter who has been um, kind of the talk of preseason in Minnesota. Their uh, preseason phenom quarterback. He finishes sixteen to twenty four, one hundred sixty three yards, a touchdown and an interception receiving the football. Ray-Ray McLeod, and you heard Joe Vescalia there, ask Coach McDermott uh, during his coach's podium. Uh, asked him what he thought about Ray-Ray McLeod's night, and Ray-Ray and had an uphill climb today, as Isaiah McKenzie and Duke Williams. Both have kind of ran away from him in the last two preseason games. He put on a good show tonight, five catches for 48 yards for Ray-Ray McLeod. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't think you're going to see too much different. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a big difference tonight compared to, you know, the night before if guys have made the team from a fourth preseason game. I don't really think that happens very much, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eighty eight five fifty two five fifty. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue breaking down the Bills' twenty seven to twenty four comeback victory at home. Final preseason action. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty four to twenty-seven to twenty three victory over the Minnesota Vikings uh, as the Bills go undefeated for the first time in franchise history for the preseason. So you're listening to the Buffalo Bills Radio Network.
0: With a beautiful punt. Murphy runs to his right, fields it at his 21 yard line. Now he cuts upfield at the 30. Marcus Murphy on the run near midfield. Into the open field he goes. Marcus Murphy's going to score. 15, 10, 5, touchdown.
2: Touchdown Buffalo. Marcus Murphy goes 81 yards with that punt and scores a special teams touchdown for the Bills. That was your electric play of the game brought to you by Belknap Heating and Cooling. Go green, save energy and money with electric heat pump solutions from Belknap. But because it's the preseason and it's the final preseason game of the year, we've got a special two-part electric play of the game brought to you by Belknap Heating and Cooling right here from Tyree Jackson in the last play of the game.
0: Clock runs on, 13 seconds. Here's the snap. Third and goal at the eight. Tyree steps away from pressure, fires it into the end zone, caught! Touchdown! Touchdown! David Sills! Touchdown, Buffalo! The Bills get the lead with 8 seconds left in the game! Incredible! Incredible!
2: So there you go. Two plays of the game today. Uh, well deserved for uh, for both guys. Marcus Murphy, uh, another end to a uh, another really good preseason for the young player uh, who likely won't be making this roster uh, following uh, Saturday. So he, uh, I'm sure, if he doesn't make it through to the Bills practice squad, which I don't know if he still has eligibility for or not, uh, if he does not make it through or does not have the eligibility, I su- I assume uh, he will find himself on another roster at some point this season, if not right away.
1: He is 28 years old, so it's only about years of service. But he's I assume, this assume that he's would got be more. his fourth. I believe it's after four. So maybe he could. It's very possible he could play. Oh, so he's played four seasons. Okay, yeah. So he would be ineligible in part.
2: I believe, in you
1: don't. You don't way. think he makes it. I don't believe he makes it. Do you, My do you, thought, no, I don't think he does either. My thought process on him was, if I think he can do more at running back than Sonoris Perry does, so if a team were to come calling before and he plays Saturday, and special teams, and he play special teams. So if a team were to come calling before Saturday, which at this point I wouldn't guess is going to happen, and the Bills would trade one of these other running backs, which again I don't think is going to happen at this point. Then, if that happened, they look at Marcus Murphy and say, okay, now we can keep four running backs, you're going to be the special teams guy, plus we trust you more maybe than Sonoris Perry if you need to play running back in a pinch. But if they're going to keep four running backs that you all trust to be on the field, and then you're going to keep a fifth for strictly special teams, then I think yeah, I mean, they've the done that before. That they've done that before. Yeah, they did it two years but ago. But I don't think they're going to do that now. Because... Keep, wait, did they keep Five? The way I've heard like Sal talk about it and other guys talk about it is they think if it's going to be Yeldon, Singletary, Gore, and McCoy, I mean, they will away. also keep a special teams guy. Take,
2: take this away, right? Because Perry did not play tonight,
1: by the Perry way. Perry did not play, but he was injured. He was banged but he's, up through, but the, he's been injured. through the week. Yeldon didn't play. Which would make me think he's safe. I would think he's safe.
2: And here's the thing, and I thought was also interesting, Tommy Sweeney didn't dress tonight.
1: So you start to look around at some of the players that didn't Croom. dress. Kroom did. Kroom did. Kroom needed to. And if if you uh, if you didn't hear the the TV uh, interview that they did with Brandon Bean tonight, he it said does that he appear thinks Tyler Croft. Croft will be ready yeah. for the regular it, season. Whether or not he's yeah. playing
2: or he's still rehabbing through the first couple games, um, it doesn't appear he's going to the P.U.P. Yeah. list so like, that, like, like it had been speculated.
1: If that happens, I would bet heavily on you have three active tight ends against the Jets, and it's going to be Sweeney, Knox, and Lee Smith.
2: Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Mark in Los Angeles. Mark, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Mark.
0: Hey guys. Um, so Marcus Murphy, obviously, really special, and we've seen
1: it two years in a row now with us. Um, and we're talking about keeping running backs. What is Pat DeMarco doing for us? Is he really that good at blocking? Because I don't see any run production out of him. Is it worth? Is it possible to drop him? I know he's a vet and he's got a lot of goodwill with uh, McDermott and that whole crew. What? What is he
0: doing for us, and why couldn't Murphy or, or, you know, solve, keep an extra guy on that way?
2: Sure. Thanks for the call, Mark. Uh, I'll tell you. So, Pat DiMarco, outside of playing roughly 35 to 40% of the snaps um, in a fullback role, uh, is one of their primary special teams players. Um if not their best special teams player um currently. I mean, he's on your kickoff, he's on your punt, he's on your punt return, he's on your kick return. So, he's on all of your special teams units um and he is a veteran captain on this team. So, um yeah, Pat DiMarco's not going anywhere. Um there aren't there are very few w- I would say functioning fullbacks in football right now. He's still probably right up there with the top handful of fullbacks in football um, that give you the versatility to come out of the backfield can, can be a weapon in terms of uh, a pass catcher. And he's also a guy that you can count on as a good uh, run blocking fullback. So, I don't see Pat yeah. Marco going
1: anywhere. I think if he was, if they were even thinking about him going anywhere, you would have seen a guy like Lee Smith, a blocking tight end, correct, get some reps at fullback yep. in the preseason to see how he does with it. And they none owned, of that happened. it was
2: exclusive. He played exclusive at fullback. Yeah. Um I, I don't see that changing and I don't see them moving away from Patrick Marco. But thanks for the call, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Uh let's go to uh DJ Johnny in Alden. Uh thanks for the show. Um I have to say um Really, it's very nice to go 4-0, and um, even though today very nice to go 4-0. and Yeah, I know the 08 Lions went 4-0 and in the preseason. The 17 Browns went 4-0 in the preseason before going to assisting. But still very nice to see this teams come together to go 4 on the preseason. But I want to talk about Tyree Jackson. Um, he's basically what casual fans and a lot of national media think of Josh Allen, he had, he has a great arm, but I think he has a, some accuracy issues. But I really hope he does make the practice squad because I think he is a project. So do you think he's to make the practice squad or do you be cut? Yeah, you know, um, Tyree Jackson's an interesting case, John. Um, it, it's. I look at it from this aspect, right, and I think you're probably right on the comparison there, right? Like, uh, he's kind of the, the the working model of what most people assume Josh Allen is, and and just a very very raw. I mean, maybe one of the more raw prospects in football um, right now is Tyree Jackson. And listen, I mean, he's big. He can move. The, he can move around. He can run the football. Uh, but when it comes down to it I, I don't know that he has the processing and accuracy to be an NFL quarterback for any long stretches um, outside of some spot duty as a backup quarterback so um, we'll see I I would if I was a betting man I definitely would be putting my money on the bills cutting Kyrie uh, Tyree Jackson and I don't see him making the practice squad at, at all really I don't believe so
1: I th- there's gonna well, be do you th- g- you think they are going to want a third arm right they will they'll go out and get somebody but um, you know who he reminds me of a bit?
2: Uh, Paxton guessing. Lynch?
1: No, Cardell Jones. Just insanely raw. Yeah. And maybe like the Bills didn't want to take on Cardell Jones a couple years ago for that development, but another team did. The Chargers did, and he is still there. So maybe the Bills would just look at that with Tyree and say, hey, we don't expect him to play this year. We don't even expect him to play next year. But Barkley's got a two-year contract. Do we think there's enough there? there's enough Jones proven. might be available. Cardell Jones might be available. Or you could think to yourself, Barkley's fine for two years. Let's get our own Cardell Jones and in three in two years he can be the backup if he's developed enough. 8030550,
2: 552, 550. Let's take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue taking your calls here on the Buffalo Bills postgame show on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network.
0: coaches really just wanted Tell me to have opportunities did, to just play special teams and show my ability on on different, you know, phases of the game.
1: Shoot, I get hit by people, so I, I know that I can hit somebody else, you know what I'm saying? It's Bill's
2: second-year wide receiver, Robert Foster. He played some special teams tonight. Robert
1: Foster's safe, right, Joe? Mm, yeah. Less safe than Zay Jones, though, maybe? So you'd think less safe. I mean, he played tonight. Shouldn't that matter to some extent? Or maybe the other thinking is they want to see if he can do special teams, and he seemed to do pretty well at it. That maybe he is safe. I don't know. I think he's on the team. I think he's on the team. I think the, more interestingly, Isaiah McKenzie did not play tonight, and he did not play a lot in the last two preseason games. So that would make me think he's on this team. He actually he did play tonight, but he I think only was out there for like one or two punt returns, and that was it. No offensive snaps. And he was actually on the opening kickoff. I don't know. Beasley, Brown, Jones, Foster, McKenzie, Roberts. That'd be my guess right now. So you're saying
2: no Duke Williams?
1: I think I'm saying no Duke Williams.
2: I'll tell you what, the no fifth defensive end now, I don't think they're going to keep out of Yarbrough, even they had a good game today.
1: Yeah, I agree. Did Daryl Johnson play today at he all? did not. Yeah. Didn't trust. Yeah, I think Yarbrough was probably being cut. So now that they keep four it's defensive four. ends instead of five, but where now, does that position go? Now you might be keeping four tight ends with Tyler Croft being healthy. But
2: I think you were probably doing that
1: anyways. You think Kroom would have been here if they put... Uh, no. Well, if they had put Croft on the pup list, then they would have had then three Kroom. active tight ends.
2: Right, so then maybe
1: Kroom is around. But
2: it doesn't seem like Croft's going to the POP list, which means
1: May- Croft, yeah.
2: Sweeney, Knox, Smith, in my opinion.
1: I Okay, I could see them keeping... Duke Williams as an extra receiver if they only keep four running backs, and I'm still a little hesitant to think that's going to happen. I think they're going to want at least one guy that plays special teams, and that could be in addition could to be the Robert other four. Foster. Could be Robert Foster. Two years ago, they did keep five running backs. They didn't do it for very long, but they did keep five running backs. Well, they
2: only didn't it they did do it for very long because
1: he got hurt. And then they cut uh, Joe Banyard. Well, I was going back and looking at that. Yeah, Joe Banyard, Banyard made the active roster right out of camp. Couple years ago, right out of the preseason. Is it 16, 17, 17? Yeah, 17. First year Joe here.
2: Joe Banyard.
1: So that happened. It's a good name. Nick Gary
2: here, Jody Biasi on the post game show. We got to name an MVP, Joe. Who's your MVP tonight?
1: Um, My MVP would probably be Eddie Yarbrough. He was go. all over the place. He only played the half game, but. Like, you could see it. He was infiltrating in the backfield. He was getting consistent pressure on the quarterback. He was doing well in the run game. Like, he was just – you noticed him every time I was looking up. Like, oh, there's Eddie Yarbrough making a play, and he had nine tackles at defensive end. I think he's got to be it for me. I think I'm
2: going to go Marcus Murphy. I think he really sparked the uh, uh, eventual comeback with a great kick return for a touchdown. Um, Two cause... years in a row with the big comeback. Yeah. You Are, are you – Does that say something? I wonder if I, Resiliency. I, I wonder if the quarterback winning that comeback game will have similar fates at the after the end of that game.
1: What you what do you mean? You think Tyree the Jackson is going to get traded?
2: Trai- I don't know about traded.
1: I was going to say I don't think he's got the value. It could up his value, but to me, where what was Tyree Jackson playing for? He's playing for a spot in the practice squad, and yeah, I'd say that's right. I to me, I'm like 50-50 right now whether they keep him or not cuz he already knows the offense. He's got a similar skill set to your starting quarterback. He's from the hometown. Like he's raw, but he's got a lot of physical ability. Like I could I could easily make an argument for why he should be on the practice squad. I could also easily make an argument why you should just cut bait and do something else cuz he 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 should have stayed in college for another year. Like how obvious is that to see right now?
2: Either way, I think I'm going Marcus Murphy for my player of the game and the MVP of the game brought to you by Steve Foley Law, the MVP of your case. Settle for more with Steve Foley Law.
1: So, Joe, it's been – You excited? Are you any more excited about the regular season because they've now won four preseason games? Because I'm in the exact same place I was before. I
2: feel no different. I feel nothing. I'm
1: dead
2: inside. <laughs> I'm absolutely dead inside.
1: So are they going to beat the Jets?
2: You know, that's a good question, Joe. Um, if you if you were, to, and I think I saw this the other day, it was talking about how uh, it, it, somebody was asking Jets fans what they thought the Jets would start in the first four games of the season, like what their record would be. Most people said, optimistically, 3-1, and one, at minimum, two and two, because they're basically all of them feel that their Week One game against the Bills are locks to win. The New York Jets
1: certainly not a lock. I mean, the Jets are going to be favored. I think they deserve to be favored, but why do you think they deserve to be favored? Because they're the home team, and I think both teams have a lot of similarities. And personally, I still like Darnold a little more. Other than the, than the quarterback,
2: what's their similarities? Well, that's that's the similarity. Okay, that's it. Because that's the only similarities they have. A, they have. Uh, second year quarterback. That's that is their similarity. The one, That's where their similarities end.
1: The the one the one part I could pick up when I, you start to pick apart part the Jets roster and think about where the Bills might have an advantage, the Jets right now are obliterated in the secondary, like they are out there. The Bills, to their credit, like I don't necessarily think they have a lot of elite players at a lot of positions. But what's the position you look at at the Bills and think, wow, they are starving for a guy there. Like, I can't really find one. Whereas the Jets, they're out there trading a six-round pick for a corner yesterday who's probably, probably going to play, play for them.
2: And who probably has to play on the outside and is not a guy that's played on the outside. Right. Is mostly has been relied upon to be a nickel guy. And has played in games, but has played in the nickel role. And they have a guy.
1: And they're thin at linebacker now because of all the injuries they sustained, plus they traded Darren Lee. Like, to me, the Jets for me is always going to be a coin flip week one. But I'm at a point where I think the Giants, I was already at this point, but I think the Giants game week two is a lock. If they lose to the Giants, I
2: don't know. To me, there's no reason this team doesn't start 3-0. That's how I feel. They might be, they may not be favored in week one against the Jets. I've been pretty much considering that Jets game a lock for
1: a few weeks now. You think it's a lock for the Bills? Yeah. What are they so much better at than the Jets, though? Like, you can definitely pick apart the rosters and say the Bills are better at this, this, and this. But what are they... Secondary, I guess. I just answered my own question before. But... I don't know. I'm not at lock yet. Even Cincinnati, like Cincinnati, is not the worst team in the world. I'm still yet to just, to really figure out. What do you like about Cincinnati? I don't. It's not that I like about Cincinnati. I'm just not quite sure yet that the Bills are going to be that much better than they've been. And if they're not that much better than they've been, then they're right around where with the Cincinnatis and the Denvers and the the underachieving teams to me. And I don't. I don't have the proof yet that that's going to happen. Well, who said anything about proof? I thought we were giving out hot, ta- hot takes. Oh, you want a hot take? Well, yeah. I think the Bills are going to be playing the Patriots for the AFC's title in Week 16. Wow, for first place. I How about said that? on a Saturday
2: pod- night. I said on a podcast a couple weeks ago that I thought the Bills could have 11 wins
1: in them. I could see that. I think 11 is more likely than. Six. I think 11 is more likely than six. 11's more. Is 12 more likely than five? No. Hold on a second. So eleven is more likely than six for you, but yep. twelve is not more likely than five. Yeah, that's right. I don't think there's any shot they win twelve
2: games. They would be. They would be. There's a bigger chance they would. They they would get five games than they would twelve. Yes. What is
1: the one game the difference here that you just can't get over the hump here? Is it's, it New England? Because you go twelve and four, you probably have to beat New England at least once. Probably maybe twice. Losses. Man, what happened? Edelman hurt tonight. I, I didn't
2: get any update on that.
1: I don't know. I New England man. I am. I still cares? think they're going to win the division. Who but cares if
2: Edelman gets hurt? They have like six wide receivers now. They're deep at receiver. New England.
1: Are they deep? Or are they just I'd better? Say so
2: I'd say deep at receiver. Who
1: is their? Who is Brady's? I'm in trouble. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to this guy because it was Gronk and Edelman. And if they're both not there, they don't have the tight end. I don't know who they're. Danny Amendola is not there anymore to fill in a slot receiver. I guess Josh Gordon would be probably the answer, but.
2: Keel Harry, Josh Gordon. Rookie. Who else did they they
1: get? Always suspended.
2: Who else did they get? They got
1: somebody else. Ben Watson. Ben Watson. I don't know. I mean, either way. um, What's New England's record for you this year? 10, 11? I'd say 10 or 11. And and And, that's why I think the Bills are absolutely... That's why I'm not predicting the Bills to win that game in Week 16 or even win the AFC East, but if the Patriots are 10 or 11 and the Bills are 8 or 9, then it's... Pretty realistic for me to think that that week 16 game, which could get flexed into primetime, they have to decide that after week 8, that could be for first place in the AFC East. Don't think they're going to win it. It's in Foxborough, but... I think we should leave on that note, the fact that you just...
2: Yeah. That that you're... You, it wasn't predicting. Joe DiBiase was not predicting. No, but I did. Simply I did. Saying, I predicted it yesterday, so... Sorry. Right. You it's, predicted it's already, it. Yeah, it's already out there. I was trying to cover for you, but I mean... No, if no. You're,
1: I think the Bills are about an eight or nine win team. I think New England's ten or eleven. So I think week sixteen, that's going to be right there. Okay, Joe. All right. Well, you're gonna hear, you can
2: hear Joe on Saturday. Joe's filling in for me on Sports Talk Saturday. And this he'll week. be on tomorrow. Uh, and he'll be on
1: tomorrow. What do you got going on tomorrow? The nightcap. Oh, that's right. You know, every weekday, that's right. seven to nine on. Uh... So, flagship WGR.
2: You can hear Joe DiBiase tomorrow on the nightcap. You can hear him Saturday on Sports Talk Saturday. I'll be back the following Saturday, and that means it's one day before the Bills take on the New York Jets' on the road in New York. So I'm going to take a nice long weekend, collect my thoughts, get ready for the regular season. Uh, I hope you're ready and then you can listen to me and Joe on the pregame coming up this football season. Excited to get after it and uh, after games every week, six to eight on the overtime show, you can hear Joe and I as well uh, right here on the Buffalo Bills radio network along our network as well here on WGR Sports Radio 550. So for me, Nagiri, Joe DiBiase, Derek Kramer, another preseason in the books. Until next week where the Bills finally start the regular season off after an undefeated preseason the first time in in franchise history uh the bills go undefeated so for all of us back here at, at our amherst studios we appreciate you listening here on the buffalo bills radio network